Welcome to the Pod North Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. So, good evening, everyone. Yes. Who have we got on the list today, boys? Right, you got Flynn, obviously. A very freezing cold duff, man. We've got Whiteside here, and we've also got a special guest. <laughs> yeah, straight from his deathbed with the yeah, lady. The, yeah, the cough was right on cue there. So we, all. Hello, Cugsy. Yeah, hello, It's Cugsy with COVID. <laughs> on a do very need, cold Do you need a lemsip? We'll, we'll get one uh, delivered over to you now, mate. Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. So yeah, on the TV, Big Brother's back on. It's made a comeback, hasn't it? They, they cancelled the show and then they've brought it back and it just got me thinking about reality TV in general. You know, like, rewind 20 years yeah. and nobody watched reality TV. It wasn't really even a thing. There was documentaries, wasn't there? But yeah, it's fairly new. Why are people fascinated with it? Why is it so popular? Like, if you think about it, it's all its forms. You've got X Factor, Strictly Come Dancing, The Voice, Big Brother. It's, you know... Essex show and the Chelsea show. Married at first sight. Yeah, married. People are getting married on the telly. Like <laughs> the scrape and the battle. Aren't the, they, do, that. Like, what is it? Why do people like it? Why is it popular? Okay, I'll go. Go on. Right, I had, I really look for. I enjoyed the real, the first Big Brother, the first two or three episodes of that were groundbreaking, and I really, <laughs> really enjoyed them. And I was looking forward to this one because I don't really watch reality TV. And then when it come to me. I couldn't bring myself to watch it because I thought I've got better things to do with my time. You know, like educate myself and stuff like that, do stuff towards the podcast and that. I thought I'd just be wasting time. You can go to the park and sit there and have a coffee for 15 minutes and do some people watching. That's better than Big Brother. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Most and then it got me thinking, it's just junk food for the mind, isn't it? It is absolute trash. It's just like McDonald's. Or reality TV or Big Brother. I just think all reality TV. There's so not... even like the dancing contests and the singing contests and stuff like that. Yeah. Because just... that is a branch of it, isn't it? I mean, I get the dancing because it's, it's, it's quite entertaining. But just in general, that Married at First Sight is awful. Just need to watch it start. And I think it's junk food for your mind. I think we're, we're over stimulated with it all. Go and read a book or listen to this boss podcast. It's your theory, Flynn. Right. So it's just the hilarity of people that people like. It's the normality of everyday life of what's inside people's minds and like when they live together and it's just so hilarious because of how true to life it is but you've got scales of reality tv haven't you you've got keeping up with the jenners and then love island that's like a different scale that's like love reality tv but then again you've got big brother and i'm a celebrity which is just i think groundbreaking and i'm a celebrity i love it every year i don't know what it is but just seeing celebrities live a normal Eating life testicles. to you. Yeah, exactly. So basically, I just think reality TV is funny because you get to relate with celebrities who you might think, oh, they're totally different from me, but actually they're quite similar to you and you get to see the humanity in it. So as a trainee podcast Jedi then, Flynn, are you endorsing reality TV? I am. I'm endorsing reality oh, TV. Yeah. Yeah. I'm endorsing. Good. I mean, that... What you say there brings me on to something. I, I DJ'd a party Saturday night and was talking to someone who was there. And um, they work for somebody who won Big Brother. And I was talking to them and I said, we're talking about this on the podcast. Like, what's your theory on it? And they just said, well, it's cheaper to make than telly. 
because effectively what you used to have is script writers, sets, yeah. filming on location, employing celebrities. See, it's a lot now of Now all you do is rent a big house, throw some people in it, so and it's a film them. It's a cheat goal for, for TV executives. Yeah, yeah it is. That's why Massive profit and, margins. Yeah, and the thing is, and I, I, I thought, yeah, you've got a point there, and it kind of plays into our... You're in a narcissist where you might think, people might sit there and watch and think, oh, yeah, I'm like that person or, like, I'm a bit better than them or so. Do you know what I mean? You can mm. tap All into right, that. Well, let's in bring a, yeah. snots on now. Hey, snots. Hang on, let me just get this testicle out that I was, like, chewing in, in the reality of <laughs> you my bedroom. You took over from Cy from the snot snorting down the, uh, the mic and noses then through that. <laughs> I do apologise. So my take on reality TV is that they're all fame-hungry whores will be willing to prostitute themselves to gain notoriety or a name. And I just think that it's such a terrible way for, like, you know, they're so prevalent on telly now. And, like, your kids sit there and watch it and they might think, oh, wow, it's so easy to become famous. So you think it's a and bad influence also, then? I do. I, I really do. I mean, look at something like years ago. You had Geordie Shaw where, like, the girls were, like, like throwing up and getting up to all sorts of uh, antics, like with the lads in there, <laughs> yeah. And you just think, you know, what are these people aspiring to be? Well, I think that we've seen, sadly, a few people have gone through bad times after going on reality TV. It was a lad on Love Island who, sadly, died by suicide, and you know, it's careful what you wish for stuff with that, but. Every year they come out with something, and every year the public lap it up. There must be something that taps into us, you know, that means we can't stay away. See, once the publicity's out there, you're out there forever then. It's like on reality TV, they record you for your whole day, for your whole days, weeks, however long you're in there. You get to kind of see what's in your mind. However, it's good in life to hide what you're actually thinking. So I think once people expose themselves and get rid of the social camouflage, then it's going to be open to a lot of hate from the public. Yeah, it's a fast track, but everyone wants to get rich quick, don't they, as well? They don't want yeah. to put in the hard graft. Yeah. And you appreciate when you put in hard graft. And you need talent as well. If and you if you've got, got both of them, most of them are talented. If you got offered money, though, you'd go on it. That's what I mean. It's an opportunity for people. If you went, oh, yeah, and you're on TV, you get money, and then you'll get famous off that. So I do get where people are coming from. However, if you're feeding your mind with junk constantly, then you're going to just space out junk, aren't you? Like, you're going to speak out junk if you take junk in. That's just how life works. But then again, it's about how you perceive reality TV. If you're watching it for fun, but as John said, if you're narcissistic and you're like doesn't matter yeah you, so you you feel a narcissist you just want to do it all the time sort of thing and put yourself out there is that what you're saying yeah if, if you're in with it oh, i can't explain it i go. think i think I, I get what you mean that there is if you're taking part in it yourself if, if you're taking part in it then yeah there's a certain element at the end of the day like if, if you walk on a footy pitches because you think you can play the game right if you go on telly it's because you think people want to watch you on the telly yeah, okay. it's as simple as that. We're doing this because we think people want to hear what we've got to say. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no getting around that. Everybody's got a little bit of that in them. But what I'm interested in is how come so many people are sitting there dying to watch these people? Do they relate to them? What yeah. What is it? Uh, it's probably moderation's yeah. key, isn't it? So go on, Cugs. So, you know, say something like Love Island. Like, I've never watched like any of that. 
But you'll see it in like the daily papers the, the next day of like the antics that are on. Now, I'd say nine times out of ten on that, you're probably going to w- watch it. Like, girls will watch it for a, a handsome lad. Lads will watch it for a fit girl. And then it'll be an added bonus if, you know, you get it on or anything, like while they're, they're in Love Island. And I think there's voyeurs that are out there watching it. Ah, voyeurs. Voyeurism's a good point, that. That's a very good point. Yeah, the, the voyeuristic side of yeah. things. But people watching it is great, but I just think you can't do it 24-7 and people are tuning into this stuff and it's, it's utter... Well, what's worrying is a lot of it's scripted. Mm-hmm. People think it's not, but it is. Yeah, some, I know someone was telling me about for, someone on Love Island and they kept on having to do the same scene over again until the telly executives were happy with it, the producers were everywhere. So obviously it's not always not what it seems. It's not reality, no, because like if me and you have a row, we don't go... Oh, that that weren't violent enough. Edit that row yeah, there. Can we just go and do that bit again? Where don't call him a dickhead, call him a bell end. Do you know? Right. To conclude, <laughs> let's go round and ask who endorses reality TV. Starting with me. So, I endorse reality TV. Some of it, I think some of it can be crap, but that's like anything in life. So I'm endorsing reality TV. Man, I end- I endorse it in moderation. In that, okay. I don't mind it. Like if you've got, if you've got a talent, and it's your way to fame. Like if you, if you think about people who you know you can sing or you can dance, it's a good thing. But I don't endorse. You know when X Factor on the auditions, they show them people who blatantly are, they shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. shouldn't be broadcasting them, yeah, exploitation. Yeah. So I think that yeah, it's fine to have you know non-actors and non-professional performers on tv i think it's just how they're used if they haven't signed a contract that says they're willing to be used like that i think it needs to be in moderation where are you at cogs get rid of it bring it all to the ground and then put it in dig up that time capsule that we had last week and put it in there so that it's never to be seen again for thousands and thousands of years it's absolute dog shit <laughs> we were going to start like Coxie's COVID and flu diaries yeah. we're going to get some camp uh, GoPros around uh, the house where I'm at it with is uh, like I say probably moderation is key isn't it now and again bit of a guilty pleasure does your dad have a onesie and he sits there watching Made in Chelsea with uh, a cup of coke I do yeah. have a onesie I'm, also moving, I'm, I've got an Udi it's like a poncho Oh, they're good. good. So now we're going to move on to our little section. We're going to brush briefly, briskly into a little bit of Halloween. So Halloween is upon us, the story of how it all began. I'm going to start with the religious reason of Halloween and the conflict in religions. So we go back to 600, 700 AD. We have got Pope Pius. There was a day called All Martyrs Day, which was actually the 1st of November, which is now known as All Hallows Day and then it's All Hallows Eve. But when there was a Martyrs Day, there was also a Saints Day, but they clashed so people didn't really like that and they wanted a separate day. So All Martyrs Day on the 31st, which is obviously Halloween. And then the 1st of November was Saints Day. So that is where we actually get costumes from, where costumes originate from. 
There was believed to be a thin veil on Halloween day, which personally I believe, I think on Halloween day, the spirits can come down and visit. On Halloween, it is Martyrs Day, all the people who've died for Christianity, which the Pope instituted. Or Martyrs Day, Martyrs get to come down and see everyone celebrating them, but they also believe that demons come down on that day. So people put up decorations and they wear scary costumes to scare the demons away. So that's actually where costumes originate from. Moving on to the American history. Obviously, we know when America was first discovered, Puritans, which is radical Protestants, went over to America to have settlements. But they didn't really like celebrations. They didn't even laugh or dance. They thought it was the sign of the devil. So Puritans would only celebrate military victories and things like that. However... When Irish Catholics moved over to America, about a million of them, then there used to be Catholic settlements in America, which conflicted with Puritans. These Catholics brought over Irish traditions, which was Halloween, and they celebrated it with pumpkins, with dancing, with scary costumes. And it was actually pretty sinister, the way they celebrated it. They even brought pagan traditions into Christianity and sacrificed animals to use blood as the decoration. The Puritans actually didn't like this, so there used to be conflict on Halloween Day, and there used to be lots of deaths on Halloween Day because the Puritans didn't like Halloween celebrations. As more and more Catholics moved to America, the Catholic population grew, and so did the popularity of Halloween. So actually, the Catholics initiated Halloween in America, the costumes and everything we know it as today. So that is just the short origins of christianity and the origins of halloween in america i guess when you think about it you've got the puritans <coughs> who don't dance or laugh they're not chatting girls up no you've got the catholics who don't do contraception they were always going to outstrip them eventually yeah, weren't they? Yeah. so the puritans were on a hiding to nothing should have just yeah. stopped the fighting there and just given up my american origin story with halloween was i went to america on halloween in 1992 and i couldn't believe the scale of it over there but the fact is, it was commercial in 1992 on a scale like you still don't see here. Yeah. You know, it's it massive. They love it. I'm not a fan of it. I don't see it, me. In the spirit of the podcast, I've done some research and I've got some creepy facts for you on Halloween. They're Halloween related. My first creepy fact is chainsaws were originally invented as a medical device for removal of bones during childbirth. Nice. Nice, yeah. So I think that, yeah, that's my first fact. My second fact is tarantulas can swim. What? <laughs> I know, yeah. What? <laughs> what? what? And third is crows can memorize human faces. faces. I read something on that day, yeah. and they have vendettas against people they that do, have wronged yeah. them. They do, like that. Yeah. To be fair, I've saw a few similar crows around the streets. So. Well, well, speaking of crows, you've got plenty of them up your nose, Cugsy, where are you at with them? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> nice one for that, Pete. Um, so, I can go down either route of, like, you know, origin stuff or these really creepy stories from more recent times. Pretty similar to like yours was, Flynn. Apparently, Halloween is even older than Christianity itself. Yeah. Uh, I read somewhere that it was a pre-Christian Celtic festival yeah. called Samhain, which means summer's end. And what that was, was it recognised as the last day of the fall and the harvest and spirits crossing over since they believed that the veil between the living and spirit world grew thinnest at that time. 
There's a story here about cricket seating has existed since medieval times. Wow. Wow. So back then, it was known as guising in Scotland and Ireland. So it meant what it was was like young people dressing up in costumes and they went door to door looking for food or money in exchange for performing songs, poems, or other tricks. So it's a little bit different than like a little snotty nose kid now going there. Where's we fucking Snickers? You know, so yeah. you're not getting any of that. You've always been great at turning tricks, Cugsy, anyway. So, well, you know, I'm, I, I, I might actually be turning six now. I mightn't even have COVID. <laughs> Another one there is like some Halloween rituals used to be geared towards finding a husband for a woman. Women used to throw apple peels over the shoulders, hoping to see their future husband's initials in the pattern that they made when they landed. And also, one of the things was when you're bobbing for apples, the winner would supposedly marry first. So imagine like all them women who like threw the apple peel over and it's felt cunt on the floor. Right, so to expand on that, people used to turn every candle or every light off and look in the mirror and they'd actually see the future husband behind them. That was the common belief back then. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that was going to be one of the bits that I got to, but yeah, that's how I'm feeling. I can see, I can see where it's come from though, because obviously you've got autumn, like stuff's dying off. You know, the nights get darker and all that kind of thing. You can see why the pagans associated that time of year with the death of, you know, like. So I had a couple of know. facts about the pagans. So they would bring the black and orange colours in. So the black would signify death, mm. and the orange would signify the harvest. Right. So also seeing that. Originally, it wasn't pumpkins that were carved. It was turnips and originated in Ireland. But supposedly, someone called Stingy Jack caught the devil and he, he let him off yeah. or something. And he had to uh, hollow out a jack-o'-lantern sort of thing out of a turnip and he had an ever-burning coal inside of it and that signified Halloween and, and Stingy Jack and that's where it escalated from there. And then, obviously, I think Americans started stingy using pumpkins. Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the Halloween theme carrying on anyway, now we're going to move on to a special interview we did this week. So we'll pass it over to the interview now. On the line today, we've got Harry Achilleos from My Haunted Hotel. Hi, how are you, mate? I'm sorry, Mr. Whiteside. Yeah. Long time no here. <laughs> yeah, cool, mate. All right, well, I suppose the listeners are going to want to know if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you actually do and how you come to be where you are. Okay, so basically, I own my haunted hotel, which is based in Chester. It's a 400-year-old property uh, within the city walls. Steeped in loads of history, it's an old Tudor building. It's a pub and a hotel. And in a nutshell, I bought it for the specific reason of putting cameras in it and documenting the paranormal activity in here. Now, we're the only place in the world that documents a place 24-7, so we've got 24 cameras with infrared thermal imaging on, and we monitor the cameras every morning to see if there's any spikes of what happened. We have guests that stay over in the hotel four or five times a week. We basically give them tests to do and experiments. We basically, most of the time, we debunk a lot of the paranormal activity they, they, they deem real, but 10% of the chance it's stuff that we can't explain, and that's what goes into our YouTube channel, uh, My Haunted Hotel. Oh, fantastic, mate. Okay, well, we've got a series of questions that we'd like to ask you, and 
First of all, we've got some from Duffy. He's not here tonight, but our Flynn's going to give you his questions he's got for you. Right, one of the one of the co-hosts, he, he's called Duffy, obviously, and he's left me a few questions to read here. So the first question is, do you think it's one ghost or a number of different ghosts that's haunting the hotel? It's definitely a number of different ghosts from child spirits to old landlords that lived here and even like clergymen have lived here as well. Um, we have a lot of mediums that come here and not 100% on mediums, but they all pick up on around 13 ghosts in here. So we have an old brothel in here. So we sometimes get the brothel workers. We've had pictures of sexy pairs of legs on camera and stuff like that. But we get a lot of child voice phenomenon and things moving as well. So definitely more than one. <laughs> yeah, what a great number of ghosts as well, 13. Oh, unlucky 13. Right, next question. What do you think the spirits want? Is it something bad or something good? Like, what do you think they're trying to achieve? So I think within the building, it's kind of a really nice feeling and most of the time in here. It's not like... Nothing demonic. Now, if you watch most ghost programs at the moment, everything's yeah. demonic and flipping evil. It's not like that. It we we do things in a very light-hearted way. Majority of the time, I'm really lucky to have one of the most active buildings in the UK, if not the world. To be fair, there's stuff that goes on all the time, but it's yeah. it's not. It doesn't feel evil a lot of the time. But we do hold Britain's most haunted collection as well. So we have a doll called the Grace Dolan, which has her own room, and she's under lock and key in her cabinet. And she has, believed to have, like, demonic attachments. So there's, like, names that come through in real time. When people are in the room, you can hear this, these names come through, like um, Manon and stuff like that, which is all demonic, satanic names for, like, witchcraft and stuff like that. Yeah, is yeah. That- I- I have seen some of the videos and they are really compelling. Like so, obviously, any one of our listeners you want to check check out, the links we'll put them in our description. It it is fantastic what you've created. We we really enjoyed watching some of your material. I've I, I find it really great that you say like we obviously haunting that's demonic, but that's just saying like people can't be normal, so ghosts can be normal, I suppose, as well. So yeah, I guess I think Hollywood and TV have just dramatised what. Like ghost hunting is all about. It doesn't have to be like that. It's not all sinister and weird. Obviously, you do get your scary moments, but it's, most of the time, it's 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 a voice phenomenon and uh, like knocks and bangs on command. And then now and again, you get like the holy grail of shadow figures walking past that we again we capture everything on camera. So, as I said, like no other program, we have cameras every corner of the building. So, yeah. unlike a lot of the uh, the shows where you you always hear something off camera or see something off camera. We've got no excuse. Everything's on camera here, so we can't hide from the truth. Really. I just like love the history of it and stuff, and I think that it, all the history of buildings, it all comes into one. So like, there might be ghosts from different time periods and stuff. Where I love all supernatural stuff like that, and I think it's just because it's above the normal do you get what i mean that's why it's like got a connection to your own spirit as well there's places on the planet that are more like like energy centers aren't they so obviously harry you're you're sitting right on top of one in my my opinion could you give us your most like sort of haunting experience that you've had since owning a hotel i think when when you believe to like 
do a renovation on a building, it's meant to scale up in a paranormal activity in the building as well. So back in 2014, we had like a, a big refit on the building and it just started kicking off big time. So I used to stay in one of the back rooms, which is now the, the Haunted Museum. And literally three, four times a week, someone used to knock on my door and then run off. And it got that, it, it happened so often that I actually give up like opening the door because I knew there's no one there. I'd be in the shower and the shower we would back onto the infamous room six and it sound like a, there's a fight going on in the room and you could hear things falling over and then you'd go and check and there'd be nothing moved whatsoever. But during this particular time, I was in bed and all the fire doors had been taken off the hotel. And I had the covers wrapped around me and I watched the covers tightening up around me. And I actually said, please stop doing that. And you could see the covers just release. That freaked me out a little bit. Wow. Uh, we had a, a night in room six where we had invited a load of mediums and stuff. There's about four people in the room, two of which were chefs that whatever's in the building used to play up to them all the time. It didn't seem to like these chefs. The butter knives got through after them. Uh, the doors used to slam on them. Things used to fall off the shelves. And they basically shit themselves every time and refused to work up there. So I thought, if anything's going to entice what's in the room or in the building, these guys would entice it. So we're all standing there and uh, the medium walks in. And he just said to me, there's nothing in this room. And I was like, in, in my head, I'm thinking, this is the most active room. He, he's, he's got a bit wrong. And he basically conks out on the bed. But with mediums, I thought, this is all a bit of a show. And as he'd done it, the single bed in the corner lifted up and banged on the floor and a big gust of wind came back at my legs and then a pint glass flew across the room. Everyone shit themselves. The chefs <laughs> were crying. Uh, were crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, it's called triangulation triangulated and evidence <coughs> so you're not just relying on one piece of evidence we have poltergeist activity well obviously the glass flying across the room the bed lifting up the medium conking out and there's a noise within the room as well that we couldn't explain so that's when it that's when it's that special because it's not you're not relying on one piece of evidence then i've got the last question from duffy and you know, there's like people, like some people are dead sensitive to ghosts and get scared dead early. So the last question is, has anyone left early because they were too scared? So before I put the cameras in, the cameras have been operating now for 18 months. Yeah. And the reason being, I was so adamant to put these cameras in because the normal hotel guests would leave me letters and take photographs in the middle of the night and explain why they've left in the middle of the night. When we started operating my haunted hotel, I'd say about 20% of people. Uh, we've had one instance in one night where it was, it was a really quiet night while we were doing the investigation, and about 2 o'clock, we turned to leave them to their own devices to stay and investigate themselves. And they all decided to go into the room floor, and what they heard was someone charging towards the room. And everyone, there was like, I think there were about 10 people that night, and they all left. And just said, there's no way because they paid money to come and stay here, but then all that got to travel up down the road because it was too frightening for them. So, yeah, about 20% leave. Yeah. Well, I think this line's haunted, by the way, because it's yeah. coming in and out a little bit. But, um, the ghost sound. Yeah. So, <laughs> when, when did you purchase the hotel, Harry? I, I purchased it in 2012. In a nutshell, 
I was doing paranormal events around the country and it's really tiresome when she's done an event and got to drive back home. So at, at the time, I had a business with Winchester and I started looking for locations. Uh, I stumbled across this eerie-looking cool building and I started doing events here and it was kicking off every time I'd done them like no other place I've ever been to before. So I thought... I spoke to the landlord and said, listen, I want to put cameras in the rooms when I'm doing the events. And he went, well, actually, Harry, I'm, I'm selling up. It's not making any money. Now, I just took a punch and thought, I'll go for it. And within about three months later, I bought the building. And the whole idea was to put these cameras in from day one. But then I quickly realised that I had to run a business, a dying business at the time. Um, nearly lost everything about three, four times. And it wasn't until lockdown. I was able to put the cameras in and take a chance because kind of fell, fell out of love with the hospitality industry. It's, it's hard work for what you get out of it. Yeah. Uh, and my father-in-law actually said, why don't you give your idea a chance rather than just sell up? And lucky enough, I did, and it's going from strength to strength at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it is a phenomenal setup for, for anyone who wants to check it out. I highly, highly recommend it. Okay, so can you give us a an idea of what an experience is like from, from check-in to, to leave and what, what would you expect from, from a typical yeah, so night at your hotel? Um, yeah, you, you would book in via myhauntedhotel.com. That's how the easiest way to book it. Your night will entail arriving before half eight. We give you a brief, we give you like a you know a bit of health and safety of the building as well. And then about nine o'clock, you're left in a room, we designate the room for you. And you're left in that room for about half an hour to 40 minutes just to get a feeling of what the noises and the creaks, the natural creaks of the building are like. And then we start moving you via our control room, via a walkie-talkie. Uh, we can, we're monitoring everything 24-7. So if you could imagine, it's, we're like basically the VAR of ghostbusting, if you could imagine. So yeah. we can check back anything that you want us to check back on. Um, we can look at the room next to you to see if anyone's been knocking in that room, look at the room underneath you, look at the room beside you. It, it's it's really thorough before we deem something paranormal. And paranormal means not normal. Uh, we conduct loads of different experiments throughout the night, stuff that nobody else has got. We're using brown noise frequencies, stuff called an SSS method where you, you uh, sorry, an SSS method where you put headphones on and you listen to white noise frequencies and sometimes your voices will come through, but you cannot hear the person asking the questions. So say, for instance, you had the headphones on and I was conducting the experiments and asking questions and it come out with something that it came out with an answer to my question, then we deem it something unnatural. This lasts till about two o'clock in the morning. We normally finish off with a big seance in the, the brothel area, which has a big table in it. And then you're left to your own devices and then check out in the morning, 12 o'clock, if you can stay the night. Amazing, it seems amazing. like something yeah. I'd want to do. It seems like a boss. And lots of different people. Yeah, Flynn, you've definitely got to come. Yeah. Both of you, I said, you, you invite open. Um, you can do a live podcast. We, we urge people to do live streams here. If, this weekend, we had someone doing a live stream, a Facebook live stream. Yeah. We caught a really cool shadow figure walking past the mirror, oh, but we didn't capture it on our, our cameras. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, do, we'll definitely take your one, that, yeah. that offer. Harry, thanks. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. awesome stuff, yeah, no problem. Amazing. Right, so 
I've just got a quick question for you. When you're talking about white news, just on on the comedy uh, side of things at the moment, are you aware that there's a noise called brown noise? Um, That's right, yeah. Brown <laughs> noise is a real noise. It probably is, but it's got some farting sounds. I should imagine some yeah. people need to wear brown pants when they come to stay in our hotel, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. Okay, then, Harry. Right. Well, oh. listen, have you got any questions for us, or would you like to sign off? I'm just I'm excited about your, your podcast at the moment. It's going from strength to strength. Here. And I'll give you a little plug-in to our listeners and yeah, stuff. Brilliant. And, and oh. it'd be nice to do a collaboration within the building one we've, time. We've just sent you our latest Hot Tub Time Machine 1985 episode anyway. So yeah, hopefully definitely give that a listen. Yeah, you'll enjoy that. It was a good laugh. And uh, what are your socials? Are you on any social media? Or is it just YouTube Instagram and your website beside you? So we do, uh, obviously we've got YouTube channel, we have we're quite proactive on Facebook, we have a Facebook fan page which everyone has become its own little community which I'm really proud of because a lot of people have made a lot of friends in there. We also have a VHX subscription service which you can see behind the scenes stuff and we're going on tour shortly doing other haunted buildings and stuff. Um, also on Instagram as well and, and we've, we've got uh, about 30,000, 40,000 people on Twitter, the followers, um, and some really cool things that have gone viral now as well. So, yeah, there's quite a few there. Nice I, I'm not up to date with all the other things, to be honest with you. I'm yeah. quite old school with old social media. Yeah. i seen you had a, a US ghost hunter recently, and um, that looked like a really interesting episode. So, I'll have to, I, I've only seen a trailer for it, but I will be watching that one anyway. Yeah, a, a guy, Daryl, he's from Ghost Hunters, which is the biggest, well, that and Ghost Adventures are the biggest in the US, and he came over, he was blown away with the project, blown away with what happened to him in the building, we're keeping in touch, and hopefully they're going to do a bit of a collaboration within America in the next couple of months, which is quite exciting, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone, we have people from all over Australia, uh, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa, all coming to the hotel. Uh, well, coming to the UK to come to this hotel, which is really cool. Fantastic. Well, it looks like you've worked really hard, mate, and it looks absolutely fantastic. Well, I, th- I loved your website. It, it's amazing. And uh, obviously, Thanks. we wish you all the best for the future. Thank you, Mr. Whiteside. Nice one, Flynn. Nice one. Okay then, and we'll catch you soon, Harry. We'll be taking you up on our offer, so there will be a part two to this anyway. Definitely check out My Haunted Hotel for all the audience. Okay then, Harry. Thank you, mate. We'll see you soon. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. That was brilliant. That was amazing. That was sound, that was brilliant. So what got me, we had a Mr. Massive trick on an interview was when he said that they do a seance in the brothel. And I just had visions of me like Peter Venkman being covered in ectoplasm <laughs> from, from the brothel, you know what I mean? All these bodily fluids stuck to me like I'm being slimed. But I think it's it was yeah. interesting though what he done in that he started out with saying what they do is they debunk a lot of the myths. So they only look for the unexplainable. That's a good way of sort of... It's a good go. way of getting the sceptics on side, isn't it? I, mean, I can't yeah. wait to go there, the invite. I can't wait to go there. Um, I'm going to be terrified. I'm oh, sitting yes. by the door and I, you will follow me out first. Uh, It'll be strong spirits. That though, haven't you? Yeah, so obviously we'll be, we'll bring that one to everyone soon. And um, No, so we are going to podcast from the Haunted Hotel. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified of that as a kid. So, 
quick fire now at his favorite Halloween movie or horror movie. Go Cugs and why? Look, I might as well just go with the one that's named after the, the season, Halloween. Absolute classic, classic edgy seat. A uh, couple of Bosch pairs of nipples in it as well, which is always a bonus <laughs> of the 80s. Sort of bonus, like the Grand um, Catalog in the 80s. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's such a good film. Uh, and obviously, as we've touched on many a time before, uh, the famous Michael Myers mask is uh, William Shatner of Star Trek. Right, so my favourite Halloween film is the original Ghostbusters. I just think that's an amazing film and it's just got that Halloween vibe everywhere. Four Ghostbusters going in, catching ghosts. You've got the autumn vibes, you've got the Halloween, you've got the ghosts, you've got everything in one movie and the acting is just brilliant. So that's my favourite movie. You cannot beat that for Halloween. Go on, white side. <laughs> I was torn between three, so I'm going to name them, but I'm picking one. The Fog scared the shit out of me as a kid i couldn't sleep with it that was horrendous john carpenter's the fog the original there was a toss-up between sean the dead and world war z because i loved the zombie genre so when we world war z it's just unbelievable that film what a film brad pitt stars in it if no one's seen it it's amazing yeah um i don't like horror films my halloween movie is eddie Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. That's about as, oh, that's that about as deep, as, wow. that's about as, deep as I get, I'm afraid. <laughs> that is weak as anything. But you can, but you can, <laughs> get him off the pod. Get him off. Sound, as, long, get off. as long as you watch it in the light, it's okay, that one. Yeah, so that's me, I'm afraid. Yeah. And that was Halloween. Next week, there'll be a little bit of a surprise to do with Halloween as well. <laughs> So, Flynn, any any little stories you'd like to tell us about? So, just before by? we end on Halloween, uh, I'm going to take us down to a story for Halloween. Going back to summer, me and my two friends were planning on going on a camping trip, so rang me dad and said, listen, dad, we've got a camping stuff in our summer house. Can I take you to Camp Hill and go camping? Me and my mates thought, oh, yeah, we go, have a boss time, bring loads of food, chill, light a fire, whatever we were doing. So anyway, it's not as magical as it seems. We brought the tent, set it up. It was amazing. We had a good little spot, started raining. We were chilling in the tent. We went to the shop to look for some food, some drinks and things like that. As we were walking back, we all started to get this weird vibe. And we thought, oh no, it's nothing. So anyway, as we came back to the tent, we were chilling with my mates. So me and Phil thought, you know what, we go and have a look around just to be careful, just to be safe. So we went out, walked up this hill, and I swear down, we saw this seven-foot man with with bright red eyes staring right at us. It looked like he was on a bike, but he wasn't, and he was just staring. And me and Phil were shitting ourselves. It wasn't Si? It wasn't Si, no. We were <laughs> shitting ourselves. So anyway, went round to have a little look. We saw this guy who was crouched over and he was wearing a pig mask. And I swear down, we both <laughs> saw the exact thing in the exact same spot. We just sprinted away somewhere else. And we rang our other mate and he was like, fuck off, you're taking the piss. So anyway, we went back and went, like, we need to go now. And he heard the fear in our voice. So we ended up packing up and going and the feeling was sinister. 
It was not human. That's my scary story. My, did my did this happen before or after you let the mushrooms that you found on Camp Hill? <laughs> I was just going to say, it was, it was definitely a drug-related issue. <laughs> was it Camp Hill or Otterspool? <laughs> it was Camp Hill. Definitely. Okay, so we'll move to the sponsors. At Broadway Carpets and Flooring, we literally roll out the red carpets for our customers. Check out our huge range of carpets and flooring available at great prices. Plus, we also offer a free home estimate too. Visit broadway45carpets.com or check us out on Facebook at 45 Broadway Carpets. And now it's time for Lost in Music. What a tune that is, it's brilliant. Uh, first up this week, we've had a message in from my cousin Carmen. She sends us a little thing through social media. She's done really well, our Carmen. I'd like to give her a big shout out as well at this point because she's dug herself out of a really dark hole. She's had a hard time recently and really proud of where she's got to. So I'm going to play this for Carmen anyway. And it's Stevie Nicks, Edge of 17. Tune, Carmen. Glad to see you doing all right. Yeah, yeah ripped off Carmen, by Carmen. Destiny's Child, yeah, that as well, it. if I remember rightly. Oh, yeah. Was that the yeah, start of Bootylicious, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Okay. Killer riff. So, the next option we've got is from our very own Harry from Harry's Haunted House. Always right. Nice one, Harry. Glacier 3000 by Tejo. Very Tron esque, this, isn't it? Yeah, more like tomorrow's world. I've been to Glacier 3000. Yeah. Well, I watched a video on the guys at the top DJing. Yeah. Doing this oh, tune, right, yeah, yeah. No, that's the Adlerettes in Switzerland. Absolute tune. Yeah. Okay, so, Flynn, what's your choice this week? My choice this week is Golden Brown. Is that because of the brown noise? No, it's for the heroin. <laughs> Golden brown texture like sun lays me down with my mind she runs. Right, Flynn, I don't have to worry about you, do I? Because you know that's based on heroin, that song. No, it's going to boss you. Yeah, okay. As long as it's only about the tune, son. Okay, and then uh, I've, mine's got a slight undertone, if you know, you know, of Halloween. But mine is Bad Things by Jace Everett. Oh. 
And every shadow filled up with doubt I don't know who you think you are But before the night is through I want to do bad things with you So, if you know, you know about that song, okay? And Cugsy, would you like to introduce your song this week, mate? Yeah, so of it, it's not Halloween themed or any, um, and it's a complete left field choice. So I'm going with a little bit of classical music for a bit of culture for the playlist, and this is Claire de Lune, and it's uh, written by Claude Debussy, performed by the Philadelphia Orchestra, and it's actually off the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack, oh, uh, and it's just like a, a, a really beautiful piece of music. Listen to this. I was like drifting away with it the other day when I was putting on the mixer. I'm just picturing Coxy like in a pink thong doing yeah. doing, doing the cleaning. Pair of wetting yeah. around the bedroom. They're very much so, yeah. It's like remind well, it doesn't remind me. It's like a re um, a Renaissance song. Renaissance. 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 I feel like someone should give someone some chocolate or something now. Yeah, it's very relaxing. Yeah, it's that, nice it? that, yeah. So, uh, Duffman, what's your choice? Obviously, we haven't got a sample for you, but what are you going to choose you know this what? week? I haven't got a tune for the playlist this week, but what I would urge everybody to do is to go onto SoundCloud or MixCloud or whatever it is, tune into a show called Aston's House on Centre Force. If you like your soulful house music, Aston's kicking it. It's really good stuff. Yeah, so, that. yeah. Have a look at that on Centre Force, Aston's house. So for everyone that's listened to us, follows on social media and all that jazz, if you'd like to enter onto the smorgasbord of funk, soul and dance that is the Lost in Music playlist, you'll find the details in the description on the podcast. So that was Lost in Music this week. We're lost in music. So, it's time for this week's side news. This is side news. Side news without without side. Side news. Side this is your news. host, not side. Side news. Hey, I side. Side last news. Not side news. Hey, so we come across something that someone sent into us this week, and it's absolutely brilliant. So, for everyone listening at home. It's a conversation that went on between a tenant and someone in the council from Sanitation. So it's six minutes long. Give this a little listen now. We'll be listening along with you and having a little chuckle, and then we'll have a little discussion about it at the end. So here we go. How can I help? Uh, Good morning, Elizabeth. Uh, Can you just give me your full name and position within the council, please, for accountability? Yeah, of course. It's Elizabeth, and I'm in the contact centre. You're in the contact centre. I thought I'd just been put through to the refuse. Yeah, we take the calls. 
Yeah, we take the calls for the refuse department. You do. So, are you some? Have you got any authority within the refuse department? Well, yeah, I deal with all their inquiries. Yeah. Well, rather than me speaking to you, can you put me through to someone with authority? I can request the manager call back for you, but it can take up to 24 hours. Well, that that's not good enough, no. Because I've just had murder with your bin men there who just come into the street and left, left about 100 bin bags. They're refusing <laughs> to pick them up. There must be a reason why. Why are they ref uh, Did I, they state I, why they refused to take them? It's like all your council workers, you just don't want to do your job. You just want to pick up your fucking cushy wages and not have to do any work for it. It's like every single department. We're not getting what we're paying for, are we? Whether it be health, education, transport, refuse. What's the point of us paying council tax if all your workers are fucking skivers? I've got a hundred bin bags outside my fucking block here. Rats running wild and your bin men are fucking driving past them. I'm sorry for swearing, but your bin men have just riled me up. I've just been screaming and shouting at them and they're laughing at residents in this street. Well, what, if I can take your details, let's have a little watch your postcode. L24, yeah. And what number words, word street is it, please? I'm in a block. I'm 43. But at least three of the residents in the block have been out there with me fuming at your bin men. So you'll probably be getting calls off them as well. And we want them back today to do the job. I, unfortunately, <laughs> I can't even report it through today. It can't be reported right. until after Are 12 the following day. Home, are you Elizabeth? <laughs> I am working from home, yeah. See, this is where it's all got. Why aren't you at work, Elizabeth? Are you scared of a runny nose? I, is that what I am at work. No, I'm you're at not work. at work. I've just been on hold I for certainly am while you're cooking your no. bloody bacon and eggs. <laughs> you should be You've been on office. hold for seven minutes. No, we haven't. I've been on hold for four minutes. See, and they put I can see the call wait time. No, that's... Seven minutes you've waited to speak to me. No, I was 33 minutes on hold to the so-called bloody whatever department. And then she, well, that's because you've gone through to the wrong department. No, That's not because I'm not efficiently doing my yeah. job. So why aren't you at work, Elizabeth? Can you just explain I am at work. you're working from home? I am at work. Why I am at work. Why are you working from home, Elizabeth? Because I don't need to be in the office to do my job. <laughs> I am at no. work. Oh, are you vulnerable? I clock on it exactly the same time that I would in the office You're and I liar. clock off exactly the same time. Like all the council workers are I... liars. What's your name, please? Just if you want me to help you, need... you didn't. I had first time I've asked your name. You told me your address, not your name. Well, there you go. My address is good enough, isn't it? Well, no, it's not, sir. Yes, and unfortunately, I'm unable to help you today. So if your bins have been missed, you need to call us back tomorrow after 12. Well, why can't I call you back today? No, you take my message and forward it to your man. No. Why, Elizabeth? Because you've you got your eggs what? and bacon on the go, have you? <laughs> uh, you've got your eggs and bacon on the go, Elizabeth. Is it... As I say, I can't help you at the moment. You why? need to call us back tomorrow after 12. Can you 12. not help me today? 
What? We, because the system won't, the system won't allow us to report it before 12. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I do. I appreciate that. But you can't report a miss bin as being missed until after 12 the following working day. <laughs> Why can't I, Elizabeth? Is this your Because the system won't... Yeah, this is cleansing's policy. The system <laughs> won't allow us to do it. Policy, yeah. Well, how's about changing your policy to get back to fucking if you're normal... Not... Well, that doesn't happen. If you're not happy, sir, you can write it. You need to make a complaint, and that needs to be done in writing, OK? No. Uh, what's, your na what's your full name again? I've just told you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who's working from yeah. home, robbing the taxpayers' yeah. money, doing fuck all. Is there anything else I can help you with today, sir, before yeah, I terminate get back the call? To fucking work, you lazy bitch. <laughs> Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Yeah, fuck off. Have a nice, have a nice day, fuck sir. Off, you have a look. Have a bitch. lovely. Fuck have off. a lovely day, sir. Fuck have a nice off, day. Bye now. Bye. Computer says no. Oh, so what right. Video. Oh, he wasn't that, happy there. Oh, that is hilarious. So right. Obviously, we've talked about the escalation and stuff on the last show. So who was right and who was wrong? Were they both on the right? Were they both on the wrong? Well, let's go to let's go to Duffy first. What what what's your thoughts on stuff? The lady's done absolutely nothing wrong. She's done absolutely nothing wrong. She's she's handled that call well. She didn't not collect the bin. She doesn't set the policy of where she works. Her employer does. She doesn't set the parameters of the policy on when you can report a missed bin. She doesn't deserve to be swore at. She's maintained their dignity and she's given him the information he needs. She's absolutely smashed it out of the park. He's criticising her, saying, alleging she's not at work. I'd like to allege that I don't think he works. Speculation hearsay. <laughs> it is, yeah, but it's the same as he's doing. But if we're speculating about who's a more productive member of society, is he not? Because my bins get collected when I'm at work. Okay. So, you know, it's uh, all can well I cut in? No, you can't. No, that, no you can only you cut in after bits. No, the system says you can cut in after twelve <laughs> the following day. Can't send the bitch yet. <laughs> no, I and yeah, that's it. As soon as he starts swearing, I that that's that's the end of it for me. But no, I think she's done good. She doesn't make the rules. She just executes what she's told to do. Well, I think he's got a point though. Because there's a lot of bureaucracy, right, within the council, isn't it? Let's be honest with you. Now, if she was in a working environment, I don't believe people should be working from home. Your home's your sanctuary. And now that the pandemic's over, that you should be working in an office environment, socialising, and then you can make things better because you can see a problem and you can go, that actually doesn't work. What can we do about it? And you can have a talk with your team and you come up with a better solution, like giving the person in the truck a mobile phone and going, hey, bollocks, you missed that street, get back there now and do it. But because everyone's tied up at home and Sheila's working in fucking Fazakli and Margaret's, Margaret's working in Witness, none of them are communicating. And communication is the key to any good, successful <coughs> team or business. And I think that's where they're breaking down. All these work from home wankers, pardon me, French. I know some people can't have no choice in it. But I do think it's a cop-out working at home for the most part, might I add, Flynn. Society doesn't collapse because of the tyranny of bad people. Society collapses because of the silence of good people. So John said there, he just got told what to do. 
Do you think how many people in history have committed atrocities because they got told what to do? I know it's not on this scale at all. It's really not. It's not on this scale. <laughs> yeah, but at start all. start somewhere. However, so however, in it takes it takes one match to light a whole forest on fire. So what the point I'm trying to get to is, this government has been having us off for the past two years. They've put I us think in, thirteen to be honest. They've put us in lockdown. They've hired our taxes up and absolutely just destroyed the country. And now. When it's back to normal, they're using more excuses to work from home, to break down society, to not, not communicate with each other. And it's just ridiculous. I think that fella has every right to do what he does. Because people have every right to be angry. Oh, yeah, he swears to the one or two naughty words. Well, I don't care. I think he's totally right. I know it's not on Elizabeth, but why is she working from we're, home? We're all grown-ups. Right, I'm going to go to our own work-from-home wanker right now. Because <laughs> he should be in the podcast he's working from home. <laughs> so, Cugsy, where are you at on it? I'll, I think both sides. No, you have to pick one. You, you, uh, uh, you, well, you, come on, give us your synopsis. <laughs> right, well, do you know what? If, if we're going to give my synopsis, I would well and truly go down the route of the, the, the fella ringing in with the complaint because I'd be exactly the same as that. And I can guarantee you that my language would be a hell of a lot more colourful than what his was. I can vouch for you, Cooks, because it, that's right down your yeah, street. It is, you know. No filter, it'd just be straight away, right, Elizabeth, you're a cunt. Yeah. And by the way, if you have got your eggs and bacon on the go, drop some down the ass because I'm staffing and I haven't been in the shop yet. Have you got the eggs and bacon on the go right now? Uh, I could do, I could do. <laughs> but I, I do get, like, her hands were tied, but that's not her fault. But if she'd have been in the office environment, she could have maybe had a word with someone and then... You know, it filters through. It's too easy to divide everyone so they can't communicate and work efficiently, in my opinion. You are assuming that modern that, that modern office environments allow you to bypass those systems. Do, do, whether you're all in the office or not, you still have there still needs to be an audit trail where person A who takes the call still has to log the complaint. So it goes on a queue because that won't be the only street that needs something. It was the same with the police, though. Common sense is gone, so we shouldn't have to go through all them avenues for common sense. Police get is, back. Police is different. Get back and collect the rubbish, you dorks. No, hey, listen. She didn't say she wouldn't. She didn't mm-hmm. say. She didn't What's say. What's all that about twelve o'clock the next day? That's to working well, in a different zone of Liverpool by that point. No, but what it'll be is they'll be processing the collections that got missed the day before today. How about not missed collections? Well, I get that, but that's not. But that's that's a different system. I mean, it's not it? hard, is it? Like, let's go down that street and move the rubbish. It if, can't be a technical job. Like, well, if you drive down the majority of the streets in Liverpool, it would appear to be a hard job because the majority, especially in the poor areas of Liverpool, you go down Smith Down Road and all that, and into L4, you go into those areas, and you tell me they're getting their bins collected regularly and efficiently. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But that's well, not the game. Leave it up to the listeners now. Give us your thoughts. Send them in on social media. Okay? And that was Not Sci News. And I'm your host. I'm Not Sci. Not Sci News. We're Sci. Not Sci. <laughs> so that brings us to the socials now. So if you'd like to give us a follow, we are. The Podnauts, spelled P-O-D-N-A-U-T-S, you know, like astronauts. Oh, yeah. On um, Facebook, just Podnauts, at Podnauts on Instagram. 
and you'll find us on Spotify and Acast at the Podnote. So if you'd like to follow us, look at the links in the description anyway. Yeah, uh, and then we'll go to shout outs. Anyone got any shout outs this week? Shout out to Coley, shout out to Elsie, and big shout out to lads at the Forty Two Podcast. Yeah, big shout out to them. Yeah, Cugs. Just a big shout out to Modern Technology for allowing me to be part of the co- podcast tonight. While I'm sat here with the, the dreaded man-made virus. Yeah. Flynn? Gone, I haven't really got any personal shout-outs, but shout-out to all the listeners for taking time to listen to this podcast. Thank you. A shout-out to everyone working from home. <laughs> get the eggs and bacon on. <laughs> yeah, get the eggs and bacon. You condescending I'm, bitch. I'm going to finish with a deep one here. I'm going to say my shout-outs to the world. And it's going to be brothers and sisters. One day we will be free from fighting and violence <laughs> and crying in the streets. Make love, not war. We're all fucking humans. Sort it out. Stop fucking killing each other. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Shabba. <laughs> this has been the Podnotes Podcast. Yeah, the Podnotes Podcast. Just a little thing. There's an Easter egg at the end of this intro music. So if you wait till the end, wait for the silence. There's a little Easter egg hidden here for you. something strange in your neighbourhood who are you going to call you're going to call Haunted Scouse Liverpool's answer to the Ghostbusters make sure you tune in next week to find out all about it <laughs>